0: Hey, welcome back. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Off the Chest. And yeah, I keep saying I'm going to put them out Friday afternoons and then stuff comes up and then I end up not doing it. So we're putting this out on a Sunday, I guess. Um, This week's reason for me, delaying is that I was waiting on a potential decision on a service position that I applied for and... They said end of the week, so I assume that meant end of the work week, which would have been Friday. But either they didn't mean Friday and they meant something else, or they haven't decided, or they haven't chosen me and just haven't decided to tell me. So, but that's not the like that's not the reason. Like I could still still put out a podcast while I'm waiting for that, but this does have a tie in with mental health which is why i'm talking about it right now is that for so long ever since i graduated uh in the beginning of may my sole desire has been to move back to portland whether work at the university i graduated from whether move into actual portland or around portland that was that's always been my goal, and it's not going to stop being my goal until I achieve it. And this one, this service position was like my best chance as of as of the date to move back to finally fulfill that dream. And one of the, I, there's many reasons why I want to get back to Portland. I love the city. I love the people that are up there uh a lot of my friends have decided to either like to still do their senior year there or they decide to stay there after graduation um it's just it's just my kind of jam and one of the things that this has to do with mental health is that i have this like i don't want to say irrational cuz i can kind of explain it but semi irrational fear of not just not missing out per se kind of that like I do miss miss out on a lot of like social outings What what's what we can do at this point um, miss that a lot I fear I fear missing out on those opportunities and like But I think the main thing is I fear missing like kind of being left behind like as people start to grow and develop and form new friendships and new relationships. Like I fear like me not being there for half a year already. I I fear being left behind. Then if I come back then it's kind of like not this, not, not, not the same per se, but like it would just be different and more kind of just, I don't know, not as exciting, I guess. Or I feel like maybe the people who I find to be my closest friends who are, like, in my inner circles, like, maybe to them I'm not as close a friend or as trusted of a person. Um, yeah, really, that was, that was one of, like, my biggest, I don't know, faults, insecurities, problems mental health issues you know like i'm always trying to be better not just for myself but like for the people around me because if i like i have this feeling i'm not good enough you know like my contributions to a relationship aren't good enough or to a french group or just i'm not enough like i really struggle with that a lot and I'm a really emotional guy who struggles to crawl out of the introvert shell that I lived in for close to the first two decades of my life. You know it was only it was only t- towards the very, very end of high school, and even then, not so much. more like this the probably the f- second half. Maybe of my freshman year of college where I really started to like not only crawl out of my introvert shell, but also be comfortable outside of it. And there's still times, there's still plenty, plenty of times where I have to retreat back into it because I just don't feel comfortable in certain situations for that long or because I just need a break. And that's the best way I can figure out how to do that. Yeah. it. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes in, inside my head. My head space. Uh, especially now. Now that we've all been separated physically, whether we can't hug each other because we're not in bubbles, whether we're in different cities or states or even different like countries, man. It's. It, this time has given space to a lot of deep thinking and reassessing and that kind of stuff and taking a lot of like introspective dives into myself over the past like six seven eight months and that's that's what's come out that's what like my theories are as to why i do things and why i am the way i am um But like I said, I'm I'm a super emotional guy, and part of part of this journey that I want to take is that I want to show that you, especially men, but you and people in general, you can be emotional, and it's not a weakness. You can be emotional, and it's not just crying. You can be emotional and have your emotions be validated. men especially suffer from this because we all grow up in communities and societies that tell us oh we have to man up walk it off you know that kind of stuff or if even if you're like in a sport you take your emotions out on the ball or the the opponents and even once in a while your own team and that's just really not healthy like just letting your emotions build up till they explode is basically what we're taught to do but then we also can't cry we also can't like be vulnerable or like the first time like i was really vulnerable with a group of people was like once i i think i was 19 and a half sophomore year of college like my freshman year is especially I, I saw a little bit of other people doing it, but I was just like, I don't know, if that's that's me. And especially high school, middle school, yeah, you didn't you didn't bring that up because you'd either get teased about it by your friends, or your parents, or like teachers or coaches wouldn't take it seriously, or they would just say the same thing. Like, I'll just shake it off, like it's not a big deal. It's like, well, to you, it's not a big deal, but to to the, to me or to someone else, it's a big deal, and so it's. Ah, this journey is is really I just want to try to change the narrative a little bit. and that's why I'm gonna you know give personal stories and give like some sort of concrete examples of what a mental health journey looks like, what suffering through it looks like, and how at least I've either dealt with it, grown past it, or learned to live with it. And I think. There is no, you, you do a combination of all three. You don't just do one, but just kind of s- circle it back to the mental health aspect. Like when I say one of my biggest fears is missing out and being left behind, it's not just like with, a, with like events, like with the groups. It's just like, I feel like I'm being left behind in relationships. I feel like I'm left behind in trust. Like I'm not I haven't I'm not there for them right now. I'm I'm physically definitely not there, but like mentally I don't think I'm also there either. And like I wanna be. And I've said this so many times, like just checking in on people is such a a very powerful and emotional thing. Like I reach out so much to people. Not every day, not even like every week, but like I do my best like once a week. Reach out to one or two friends. If whether we've been staying in touch a lot, a little or not at all, since the pandemic started, I just reach out and say like, hey, how's it going? Like, How are you doing? How's this? That kind of stuff. Because one is because I really do care. But it From the standpoint of someone receiving that text, like, that feels so good. For someone to care that much about you when everything is going to shit and everything is foggy at best and and we don't know what's going to happen. Like, just finding someone who reaches out to you like that is just, is, is nice. And it's really heartwarming. And, you know, another one of the things I struggle with a lot is just like, confidence. I have a low confidence in, not my abilities. Like I'm very confident in what I can do, but like creatively, or even just like general ideas or like, not you know like passions like I have I have a few passions or hobbies but I just don't really do them because I don't feel like they're necessary or like they're valid and so when I talk to some friends like I just get so much positive feedback and support and like yeah I totally totally do it like whatever whether it's a hobby like I want maybe take up photography but I'm kind of Okay, well that with the photography example like I struggle a lot with one not being good enough like I have so many talented photography friends both in the 805 and back in Portland that I just I feel like it's me starting now I just won't be able to reach that level two along those lines like I constantly compare parts of myself to other people so for example with the, i would always compare myself and my photography skills to those who are better than me and like internally i'm thinking oh yeah i can work harder to to be like that or to put my own twist on it and then when it comes to actually doing it i just don't it just it just doesn't happen and whether it's a like a fear of failure maybe or just a fear of always not being good enough. Like that's 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 always present. And this is what I'm saying, like when you with mental health, like we we don't ever see it. You might see occasionally like the last bits of it, whether it's an outburst of rage or grief or sadness or anxiety. Or you see things like you see phys- like self-harm. You can see that, but you can't see like, you can't really see lack of confidence or those kinds of things because they aren't necessarily physical things, but also like the people who have them have repre- have probably repressed them for so long that that just seems normal. That's like the happy people, like Robin Williams was always happy on camera and always bring joy to people with him, with the reports of, of him being depressed all the time like you, you don't you don't realize that until until that happens and it's kind of the same honestly with the coronavirus just like a little public health tangent like you you can see things like if someone has some sort of disease that involves, like, rashes or swelling or pus. Like, you can physically see that. Whereas, like, if they have swelling on their cheek, like, you can see that because their face will look lopsided. Or if they have cuts on their arm or they have a broken leg, like, all those you can see. Whereas coronavirus, you can't really see, like, you can't see fatigue, really. You can't really see... The no taste or no smell thing. You just take their word on it. And then by the time you see it, it's too late because they're on ventilators or they're in the ICU or they're dead. And I think that's, I I honestly think that's a really good example comparison wise to mental health. Because it's very hard to see insecurities. Now, once someone tells you about them and once you know them about yourself, like they're obviously very clear to see. So that's a little, that's just a little short, like mental health check-in for for this week's episode. Next week, I promise it's going to be more of a deep dive with, with with more stories. But thanks for listening. We're going to be back on Fridays. Stay safe, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>